0: Single soul. And in CG and TV to you. Hello and welcome to Living Life. Um, you know, for me, having grown up in a Korean household, there's this word that makes me and I think almost any Korean youth cringe and bring up dormant anger. It's this word called jansori, right? Think of it as a nagging, a rebuke, strong advice, asking but not really asking, more of a commandment sort of a thing. All of that culminated into one word. Um, that's "chansori." okay, jansori. I remember leaving the home and returning home where one of the least liked parts of my life, because I knew what was coming, the inevitable chan sorry. the inevitable nagging, right? It would be the cause of many fights um, or sour attitudes. Perhaps many of you guys can relate. I don't think you have to be a Korean to understand this. All of us, we know it, don't we? Uh, I think we all do it or have received it. In today's passage, we want to look at Uh, the importance of exhortation or restoration, walking with someone in love and not in convenience. In love and not in convenience. So let us read the passage together and we will continue uh, this topic and idea.
1: Galatians chapter 6 verses 1 through 10. Brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in a sin, you who live by the Spirit should restore that person gently. But watch yourselves, or you also may be tempted. Carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. If anyone thinks they are something when they are not, they deceive themselves. Each one should test their own actions, Then they can take pride in themselves alone without comparing themselves to someone else, for each one should carry their own load. Nevertheless, the one who receives instruction in the Word should share all good things with their instructor. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Whoever sows to please their flesh, from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the Spirit, from the Spirit will reap eternal life. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers.
0: So today we want to look at how do we walk with someone who has been caught in sin? How do we do exhortation and restoration in love and not in convenience? the way I've uh, placed it into a question is this, why is it worthwhile to place others before myself? Why is it worthwhile to love someone and not do something out of convenience? In verses one through six, we see Apostle Paul give instructions for how to approach people who are caught in sin, people in the church, right? And isn't this so wonderful? I wish I knew this passage when I was younger, Right? I wonder if I may have approached some situations differently. So, seeing that we're not left alone in the how to approach this situation, um, let's see what Apostle Paul says. Let's see what he teaches us. In verse 1, he makes instruction clear, but gives a longer explanation about things that one needs to be careful of when applying this. He says to be gentle and loving when restoring someone. Okay, clear. But watch yourselves or you may be tempted. And I remember thinking, tempted with what? At that point, that's where I was a little confused. So I had to really think, when have I been in a position where I had to restore someone caught in sin? Have you guys ever been in a position uh, where you had to walk with someone who committed sin and the sin was exposed, Right? Um, I remember having to be in uh, positions where a person committed such a socially shameful sin that they decided to just leave because it was exposed and other people found out about it. So through that experience, I learned that it is hard. It is hard for the church. It is hard for the individual who is caught. It is hard for the ones who are trying to restore and counsel. It's really hard. You see, when we try to walk with someone caught in sin and we try to restore someone, It's a very delicate balance. I saw many different examples. There there were many people who were trying to help, but I saw many different examples. Here's something I'd like for us to pay attention to. It's easy to give great pain just as much as it is possible to be used to bring about great healing. It is a very delicate balance, this idea of walking with someone caught in sin. I live in America. Um, and it's very individualistic here, right? It's so tempting to make everything about me. It's all about me, right? Everyone is a winner. Even in serving, we're almost trained to think, how does this benefit me? Even when my students are thinking about doing volunteer um, services, they have to think, how does this benefit me? How is this right for me, right? We're almost trained to think this way. Serving others, I realize, can very easily become a means to a betterment for myself. A betterment of myself. In Apostle Paul, I believe he understands this and he is saying, be very careful. Because you can go from concern for your fellow sibling in Christ very quickly to concern for yourself. This section of 1 through 10, I say, has an overarching narrative of what is best for others. What is best for others? And I don't think uh, chapter 5, 13 through 26 was placed uh, right before this section by accident. Apostle Paul is giving some practical applications after the principle he taught in extent. Placing others before myself because of the Holy Spirit who lives in me and the freedom I have gained through Christ. The freedom which I want to use for the glory of God, not for my own benefit. The golden rule, right? So for this section, when we instruct others, when we walk with others, because it is tempting to make it about me, we must be very careful. But you know what I realize? Just being told the rule or the advice doesn't really help me. It always helps when the advice is attached to an incentive. Meaning to know how this can be a benefit to me in some ways does really help. As I mentioned, it's kind of embedded in us. And you might say, hey, doesn't this contradict everything you were talking about? And doesn't this contradict what Apostle Paul was saying? But I believe that Apostle Paul does do this. He does tell us that there is a way to have proper motivation, a holy motivation that is good for us. And so we continue by looking at verses 7 through 8. Oh, 7 through 9, I'm sorry. Verses 7 through 9 shows us that there is this basic principle of life that God is embedded into this world. You reap what you sow. Seemingly, it may seem very works-based and contrary to the rest of the apostles' teaching, but no, we are to look at it in light of his teaching. So what is it then that the apostle is trying to get across to us? What is the apostle Paul is trying to get across to us? Those who live for the sake of others and for the glory of God will receive an eternal reward. And those who don't miss out on that wonderful opportunity. A child who doesn't go with his father to help his neighbor isn't disowned uh, because he didn't help. But man, does that son miss out on an opportunity to connect with his father, with others, and the great joy that comes from doing something good with someone who is good. Apostle Paul is saying, you who are in Christ, who want to be like Christ and made into his likeness, It is for your joy that you do things for the benefit of others and the glory of God. So be very careful because you can go from loving someone to loving yourself. And at the end of the day, you are the one who will be so disappointed. And you'll be the one who will have missed out on something wonderful. Apostle Paul is saying, remember who Christ is, the love he gave to you and I. Emulate that. Remember what love you needed from Christ when you were revealed of your sin. When the Holy Spirit revealed to you and surfaced your sinfulness, the Christ came with a pitchfork and a bat, then we came in love and gentleness. So much like that, we are to emulate that for the glory of God and the benefit of others. So why don't we head on to the conclusion in this time together. So in walking with someone who was caught in sin, we're called to do it in love, gentleness, with the other's well-being as our priority. I read this one line from a commentary, it's on the Exegetical commentary on the New Testament for Galatians. And I thought it was a great sticky statement, and I want to share it with you. So let us be this when it comes to approaching our siblings, our brothers and sisters in Christ, caught in sin. Subservience, not convenience. Subservience not convenience it's easy to nag with words, but it is hard to serve and constantly think about what is best for the person in front of us and be careful at the same time that we are not making it about ourselves It is hard to do that I remember my mother telling me I remember once she been in Tu she didn't nag me and I was like I called her out' I'm like why aren't you going to say anything and she said you know I it's hard for me, I want to say it, but I know it's not always the best for you. So today I'm not going to say anything. And I remember thinking, that's when I felt most loved, like, oh, wow, my mother loves me. Subservience, not convenience. It's easy to say something, but it is much harder to think about, man, what is best for this person at this time? I pray that that's the sort of attitude and willingness that you and I would have when it comes to restoring someone who is caught in sin. That we remember one, First, the great love that we have first received from Christ when we were caught in our sin and that we would emulate that and we would think about this idea of subservience, not convenience. Go the extra length to think about what is best for that individual. So why don't we close this time in prayer. Father, help us to be serving, loving, and caring as you first served, cared for us, and loved us. Help us to be like you more and more, and to reflect your love to the people of this world, to the people of our uh, the church, for your glory and the benefit of others. God, we love you. We need you. In your name, we pray. Amen.